Hi, welcome to Nourishing the Mind. I'm Trina McDougall. This podcast looks at the ways food and mindfulness affect our mental health. On this episode, I sat down for a chat with nutritionist Sarah Omerod. Oh, hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on Nourishing the Mind. Um, Could you tell us a wee bit about yourself and what you do? Because obviously you're a trained nutritionist. Yeah, that's right. So um, my name's Sarah Ormerod. Um, I am based in Edinburgh in the city um, and I work as a um, clinical nutritional therapist. Um, so I can tell you a little bit more, probably get into that more in our conversation today. But basically, I see clients on a one to one basis for a number of um a number of different reasons, different causes, different health goals that they have um, at the moment virtually via Zoom consultation. So we do dietary analysis and look at all of the systems of the body to help them work towards their goals. Um, and specifically in terms of my specialist area, um, I work a lot with um, endurance athletes, so triathletes, uh, long distance runners and cyclists. Oh, fantastic. And can I can I ask what made you get into nutrition? Have you always had a sort of lifelong love of it and, and healthy lifestyle? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I wouldn't, looking back, I'm sure there are periods of my life when I haven't necessarily been the healthiest. <laughs> um, probably everybody's like that. Yeah, but, I think that um, applies to all of us, definitely, especially, yeah. especially during this uh, slightly tricky time. Yeah, so... I, I've always been into food, um, probably most of my life and certainly my adult life. Um, I've, my background professionally is in PR and marketing, so I've, I still do a little bit of that and I have been doing that for about 16 years, um, maybe about five, six years ago. I'd been working a lot in food and drink PR, so was fairly well in our in the food and drink sector um, working a lot with restaurants um, different food and drink brands um, independent and fast moving consumer goods and I, I just had a bit of a I'd been thinking about for a while um, I've always been really into running since my early 20s and started taking more notice myself of you know what I needed to fuel my activity to have good recovery and so I had this, this, I suppose, idea where I was looking for something where I could kind of merge that personal interest and use my professional skills that I developed in communications in uh, some sort of form around food and drink. Um, so that was really what led to me deciding to retrain. Um, so I did that part time uh, with the College of Naturopathic Medicine. Um, I trained with them for three years and did um, clinical training with them as well and finished that course uh, about two, three years ago now. Um, and since then, I have set up my own nutrition business called Thrive Nutrition. Um, and via that, I, I now see clients on a one-to-one basis um, and also do a little bit of writing as well um, for different food and drink brands and um, publications in sports nutrition oh that sounds fantastic you've had such a varied career it must be great being able to use all your experience and of course people skills and all the different people you've met yeah definitely I think um I think I feel fortunate to have the background that I do um in terms of the you know 
communications, written communications, verbal communications, and also I suppose understanding how to how to market my own business. Um, although it's a, the classic thing of um, you know juggling lots of things and different ways of bringing in money. Um, it doesn't always I um as much effort and all of the things that I should be doing to my own business as I do for some of my clients um on the PR side but um but yeah it's it has been helpful for sure oh that's great and how has the pandemic affected affected your work you mentioned a wee bit earlier that um you see clients and sort of via zoom would you normally have a one-to-one consultation yeah yeah definitely so I have always offered online consultations purely for the fact that you know some of the some of the people that I work with don't live in the same place as me um so for a while I was seeing clients they had the option to do online an online consultation or face-to-face in Edinburgh or in Aberdeen where I was where I'm originally from I had a relationship with a, a, a clinic up there um however obviously with the the pandemic I've I've not been practicing um, face-to-face with clients for this year at all, Um, just been doing everything online. Um, And I find that works quite well. Um, People are, you know, they can be comfortable in their own home. They don't have to travel. It's more time efficient. So certainly for me, um, that experience has been quite good. Um, At the start of lockdown, I had a little bit more time on my hands because a lot of my freelance PR work had evaporated um, as people started cutting budgets. So I decided to do uh, an initiative where I was offering kind of free mini consultations to people um, in exchange for a donation. Um, and those donations went to um, the coronavirus appeal, um, the emergency trust for running. So I made a little bit of extra money, but it, it definitely people were really receptive to that, I think, because they, a lot of people were at home and thinking, you know, how could they use that time? What would be good to, to support their health um, mentally and physically? So, yeah, um, it's it's been good on the nutrition side of things, I think. Oh, that's that's great. And with your expertise in nutrition, how have you found food's role when it comes to mental health? Uh, in terms of the the link between absolutely yeah yeah definitely so there's I mean there's a number of different things you can talk about there um there is a really clear link between the two and there are there's a lot of research and studies out there now um to that you know that um that provide evidence of that connection um there's probably a few different things you could touch on there so obviously um you know blood sugar balancing and um managing your blood sugar levels can have a huge impact in terms of your diet and the foods that you take on board and how that affects your your cognitive function your mood um your mental health and there are some simple things that you can do to to make sure that your blood sugar is balanced throughout the day um so I work on that a lot with clients. It's kind of one of the staple things I do with most people because there's always room for improvement there with most people. Um, the other thing I suppose as well is um, thinking about, well, a lot of these studies that I I was referencing talk about the, the Mediterranean diet, um, you know, so lots of fruit and vegetables, healthy fats, um, legumes, lean proteins, um, and it's a very anti-inflammatory diet. So 
there's a there's a connection between inflammation in the body and um how that can affect people mentally um and you know cognitive fun function mood and mental health um so i will work with people quite a lot around um you know, balancing the inflammation, inflammatory processes in the body. So um, working on anti-inflammatory protocols. So that can be quite useful. Um, and then there's also the really interesting connection between the gut microbiome um, and the impact that that has on the brain. Um, so, you know, if you, if you do any Googling now, you'll come <clears throat> find lots of studies where they talk about that, the communication between the gut and the brain and how a disruption of the bacteria in your gut microbiome and your stomach um, can impact on your well-being. Um, so you'll hear quite often people talking about uh, leaky gut or, um, you know, inflammation in the gut. So if you have um, you know any kind of disruption in your gut lining you you can be more susceptible to that inflammation um and that can have a knock on effect to how you feel physically and mentally yeah because um, so, oh no sorry after after you no no so i suppose it's they all of these things work together so if you're if you're eating a mediterranean diet that's anti-inflammatory it's high in fiber you know you're feeding that healthy gut microbiome you're keeping the inflammation in your body low um you know you're setting yourself up well that alongside the blood sugar balancing um you know to support yourself to support your mood to support your energy levels and your general feeling of well-being um, and all of that can knock on as well in terms of you know if your blood sugar is balanced throughout the day um you know you're probably going to have better sleep at night and then the next day that potentially then will help you make better choices you know you're not necessarily going to be craving sugar as much so when you're when you um you kind of fall into that cycle of um you know feeling stressed making you know making the wrong choices in terms of food eating lots of refined sugars and high fats and processed foods you then kind of get into this vicious cycle where you're you're getting a quick hit and then um you know then you'll maybe have a sugar crash it'll affect your mood and then you'll do the same thing again and it's just breaking that cycle for some people um and helping them understand how to do that through their diet. No, that's so interesting because there's, yeah, I've read so much research about the Mediterranean diet and how it's just so beneficial. Um, and you mentioned before, you're a fantastic runner, a very avid runner. So what are the effects sort of personally that you find exercise has on your mood? Oh, it's, um, well, for me, it's, it's my, it's my rock. Um, without, you know, without my running, it gives me so much, um, you know, it provides structure to my day. Um, it's my, I suppose it's my therapy, my, you know, really for me when I'm not running or exercising or being, you know, physically active in some way, I really feel an impact on my mental health. Um, so, you know, if, I, if for example, if I've had a running injury, which I've had many times um, in my life, um, I'll find another way to you know to move my body um in a gentler way um but i suppose the, the running and being outside you know there are again you know there's connections between exercise and improved cognitive function um 
there's the being outside in nature um, and the exposure to daylight, you know, getting your vitamin D outside while you're moving and getting all of those endorphins. Um, and I mentioned, obviously, that, you know, the this kind of st- structure, it helps me when I go out and run, it gives me clarity. So quite often, you know, I'll be thinking about things that I need to do that day. Um, I kind of process when I'm running. Um, so it, it really, it really helps me. Um to, to um to stay well there's been yeah because there's been so much in the press hasn't there about vitamin d and how we should all be taking it for our immune system so yeah any any foods that can help boost that and especially the link with daylight because i th- think sometimes you know the nights are drawing in and it's uh yeah a bit depressing when it gets to sort of half three four o'clock and it's getting dark yeah definitely i mean i i really feel that this time of year um you know that and a lot of my clients do as well um i think you know really trying to prioritize getting outside in the daylight each day whether that's the exercise or just the walk around the block you know especially in these new times at the moment where we're all working at home you know you don't have that same structure um and human interaction so when i went self-employed i prior to that i was used to working in an office where there was you know really um bright lights in the office and then I went to working at home and in the winter it took me strangely it took me a while to realize you know at like three o'clock in the afternoon it started getting dark and I wasn't sure why you know why my mood was affected or why I felt um I didn't have the same energy I didn't have the same motivation and um I've now I you know I really I prioritize and make sure that I get outside in in the daylight once or twice a day that might be to run or to walk um and I also have a um have a sad lamp that I use in the mornings as well um during the winter as well as supplementing vitamin d which I I encourage all my clients to do as well uh during the winter months oh no snap I've got a sad light and uh, yeah I find sort of 20 minutes half an hour first thing in the morning just to give you that boost yeah. It does. It really works. Well, I find it really, really useful. Um, it definitely gives me a boost in the morning. So, um, yeah, and morning, morning being the best time to use it because, um, you, you know, you the i the idea of that obviously, um, you know, it's the um your mood and you know the not getting the daylight, but there's also thinking about your sleep wake cycle and you know it's better I believe to use it in the morning than the af- the afternoon or the evening because then it can disrupt your sleep cycle so um so yeah there's there's lots of interesting things around that I think it's fascinating no it definitely is I think there's been so much and also comfort food is a great go-to you know when you're feeling when your mood's low and especially at this time of year with winter what what kind of effects have you found of sort of fatty salty processed food we touched on it a wee bit earlier yeah, so um, I suppose there's a number of things. So those things that we talked about earlier, you know, the effect on um, getting into this. Uh, when people are stressed, um, it's a common kind of common thing to crave um, carbohydrate, sugar, you know, high sugar, high fatty foods. Um, when you kind of get into that cycle, you're giving yourself this kind of quick hit um, of sugar, you know, sugar into your bloodstream. Um, and you know, you you you'll get tryptophan from that, which is the precursor to serotonin, your happy hormone. Um, 
but the trouble with that then is it's kind of a short-lived thing so you get into this you know this kind of roller coaster yo-yo where it's like you'll get your hit and then you're feeling low and then you need to do the same again with you know a coffee or a donut or you know those kind of comfort foods that people maybe go to um so it's about you know trying to break that cycle um, and understanding actually you know the foods that you can get tryptophan from in your diet like um you know lean proteins um nuts and seeds eggs those sorts of things um that actually will will have the same effect um the other thing as well is obviously you mentioned salty foods is um you know dehydration and balance of electrolytes in the body so obviously if you're dehydrated it's going to affect your cognitive function and you're not going to be as sharp um also having too much salt and fat in the diet is obviously bad for your cholesterol and your blood pressure um so you know thinking about your cardiovascular health and your life longevity um there you know there's going to be an impact there um and that you know that that thinking about the bigger picture you know if you're if you have a high stress job um you're you know you've got a lot of salt in the diet these fatty foods um and then stress and high blood pressure you know it's kind of it can be all these contributing factors can be quite detrimental to your health as a whole oh no definitely you've got a great section i was having a look you've got a great section on uh, nutritional therapy on your website can you tell us a wee bit how about how that works and how would you use it in relation to anxiety and depression yeah so nutritional therapy um is about understanding um the whole person so it's a, a holistic approach um so you're looking at all of all of the different factors in a person's life so as well as looking at their diet and what they're taking in you'd be looking at their you know environmental exposure where do they live um what's their you know their toxic load um where do, where do they work what kind of materials do they work with because all of this will give me more information um that i can perhaps relate to their symptoms and look for basically what you're doing is looking for um any root causes or underlying causes for a person's symptoms or things that might be preventing them from achieving their health goals um you're understanding that the whole um all of those different factors of that person um and looking at all of the different systems in the body and how um how they are working together um so that you can support um support the body to perform at its optimum um so um in terms of stress and anxiety um that manifests very differently in in lots of different people you know there are different forms for me it would be You'd be looking at their yeah, you'd be looking at their diet and um how you can support them through the diet through these things like blood sugar balancing. Is there enough fiber there? Do they have a you know a, a healthy gut microbiome? Um are they going to the loo every day? Um, you know, how's their hydration? But also actually trying to understand them as a person um and really look at what are the triggers and drivers for them in terms of their symptoms and and um their feelings of stress and anxiety so for you know that might be for some people it might be work um and trying trying to i suppose my my focus area is, is nutrition um but you're also you'd also be thinking about you know patterns around sleep um and 
you know, if, if they are um, in a stressful job, do they have the support in that job and helping, you know, encouraging them to do lifestyle um, practices as well to support them um, through difficult spells. Um, so a lot of my... Um, a lot of my sports clients, um, my, my athletes, um, you know, we work a lot on diet, um, but running or, you know, triathlon endurance sport is a really high energy um, activity um, and it does actually put stress on the body. So quite often I'm encouraging them to, you know, to take baths and um, to do some breathing exercises, to go for a walk rather than to go for a run. So um, I'm always looking at, you know, lifestyle factors as well as the diet. No, that's fascinating because as well as the sort of one-to-one nutritional therapy sessions, you also run cookery classes. Some of your recipes look absolutely delicious. Do you do one-to-one cookery or do you do sort of group cookery sessions? How does it work? Yeah, um, I, well, I haven't actually done any group um sessions as yet but I, i'm sure i could do um well, as, i would as love as to i'd love to come along so uh, yeah, we we'll definitely yeah. have to organize something yeah um, individually though i've just um the one the classes that i've done i do just go out to somebody's house um or when i've been allowed to do that um so we'll agree in advance we'll have a conversation about you know what they want to get out of that um what kind of you know and it's understanding as well you need to I'm kind of giving them a toolkit to take away so what you know where are the pinch points for them is the barrier like they're too busy at lunch they don't know what to put together you know to balance the blood sugar to get the fiber to get the color in the diet um I'll design something that's um based around helping them break down those barriers so they've got you know recipes that they can go to and use in future um and then you know I'll give them an ingredients list and recipes they'll do the shopping and then I go around and we cook together um, oh fantastic that would be great that would be great fun yeah yeah really enjoy it because uh, I yeah I love cooking so um it's really always really great to then to do the practical side of things with someone as well as you know you can give somebody recipes and and um give them lots of ideas but yeah you they need to be able to put it into practice. So. Yeah, and I suppose if people aren't really sort of very confident in the kitchen or confident with cooking, the fact that you're there beside them, helping them, that must be really encouraging. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it just gives them an opportunity to ask, you know, to ask questions. Um, I can kind of talk them through, you know, sometimes people wonder about portion sizes or, um, you know following a recipe you know it's just I suppose it's about building confidence for people as well um who maybe you know they they've got the information but they don't feel confident about cooking or they think they don't enjoy it because a big thing for me is um quite often there's when you can actually get down that barrier of actually getting people excited about food and enjoying cooking with fresh produce like that's a huge hurdle to overcome because as soon as somebody has that and that interest and they have the knowledge um you know they're they're on their way um but sometimes um you know it might be people are lacking confidence as I was saying um or you know there's a number of different things They, they um they they don't have the confidence in the kitchen um and I think so many, so many of us are very, very conscious about budget. Do you sort of try and encourage them to work within a budget and sort of adapt it to each client? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I always ask that question when I work with clients. I will ask them, um, 
as part of the consultation process what's their budget for food um so you know i don't i don't want to then go in um making recommendations for you know really expensive fermented foods or things like that because actually we can eat really well um on very little um you know just simple things like you know a bean chili or um you know a whole wheat pasta with um vegetables tomatoes um you know there's there are so many things you can do with food um batch cooking as well um i do encourage that a lot um because people are really busy um and often especially um, especially a lot of the people I work with who are trying to you know fit in training and family and job um it can be difficult you know after you've you've worked a, a whole day and then you go out for a run and then you come home and you've got to cook a meal if you've cooked in advance you've batch cooked and you've got stuff portioned up in the freezer um then you're you know you're setting yourself up a bit better for success oh no definitely i'm a great advocate of batch cooking because also when your mood's very low you know if you can do do a batch cook when you're feeling a wee bit brighter for those days that you just think oh i just can't even face the kitchen you've got something healthy nutritious in the freezer that you can sort of have when you're sort of feeling quite low yeah definitely um, i can relate to that myself as well just you know, just when you've had a really busy, stressful day, um, sometimes that you know it can be get to six thirty, and you know, still at still at the computer, and they're just like mentally drained and thinking, God, I can't, I don't know how, I don't know what to cook, I don't know how I can cook, and and then it's the thought of going to the supermarket, um, putting your mask on. And oh, all that. yeah, so da- so daunting. If you've done, if you've kind of planned ahead, um, and yeah, you've planned your meals for the week, um, maybe done some batch cooking, then it's, that's always a good thing after those long, busy days. Oh, no, absolutely. Can you give us, can you give us your top tips, Sarah, for eating healthily? What would be your sort of top, top ones? Um, so there's, a, I guess, a few, few staple things um, that I work, I recommend to everybody um, and it's usually in everybody's plan in some shape or form so I've talked a lot about blood sugar balancing um, so at, it's a, some simple principles of blood sugar balancing is um, day to day at each meal so you're aiming to keep your blood sugar balanced having um, a, a mix the balance of that plate you're looking at having a lean um a lean piece of protein at each meal um, and accompanying that with um, some low GI carbohydrates. So they're carbohydrates that aren't going to spike your blood sugar as quickly. And the protein helps to slow down the release of that sugar into the bloodstream. So it helps to keep you more stable, more balanced, better energy throughout the day um, and obviously better mood as well. so blood sugar balancing is one thing, um, really focusing on that. Um, the other thing is the obvious, um, eating a diet that's colourful um, and plentiful in fruit and vegetables. Um, so the, I think the NHS recommends um, five portions a day. Um, and in recent years, they've upped that. Um, usually with clients, depending where they are on their journey, I try and encourage them to work towards eight to 10. Um, and that's just working in um, uh, different types of fruit and vegetables and plenty of green leafy vegetables as well um because they're really high in um magnesium b vitamins uh, folate so 
um, things that are, you know, when we're talking about mood, um, really helpful in supporting the nervous system. Um, so a diet really rich in colourful fruit and vegetables. So I encourage people to look at every plate of food and think, how can I add more colour? Um, it's really easy to kind of get into um, into a rut with, you know, the, the things that you're you're um, the types of things that you're cooking and eating the same things all the time. But but I really helpful because you get a wider spectrum of uh, micronutrients um, and then um, I suppose the last thing so I talked about inflammation um, and balancing your fats but I think probably more important than that is that you know this lifestyle thing because of the subject we're talking about is really tuning into your body and paying attention to um, you know the managing stress and finding ways to um, to remedy that for yourself so um that might be you know the things we've talked about prioritizing um getting out for a walk every day um aiming to get seven to eight hours sleep a night um taking epsom salt fast a couple of times a week and um, there's so many different things that you can do but i think stress um aside from the diet can be a driver of so many different things it can suppress the immune system um, it can um, disrupt your gastrointestinal function um, and it can ha then have a knock-on effect in terms of your choices that you make in your diet so managing stress um, can be um, hugely helpful oh no and that's no it's fascinating and what's what's next for you in your sort of courses and your nutritional therapy and how can people get in touch yeah, so um, well, for me, um, it's been it's been a bit of a busy, a busy year. Um, I'm just continuing to see clients on a one to one basis. Um, looking at as I get towards the end of every year, I think about the following year and what I want to do in terms of CPD. So I'm having a think about that for next year and what what further training I can do. Um, for the time being, so um, I'll just continue seeing clients on that one to one basis. Um. And I, I have also done as well, um, during lockdown, I've done this quite a lot for different companies, um, businesses, sports clubs as well, uh, workshops online, like webinar type um, sessions on different topics around nutrition. Um, so I'm going to continue doing that in my online consultations. Um, people can get in touch with me. I'm on Instagram. Um, at Thrive Nutrition um, also my website thrivenutrition.co um, and Thrive is spelt uh, unusually um, mainly because that was they didn't have the domain name that I wanted when um, I started but I felt actually it was kind of a nice thing for my brand um, but it's spelt T-H-R-Y-V-E Nutrition Oh, that's fun. That's fantastic. Well, it's been so great to chat to you, Sarah. And I mean, the insight into nutrition and, you know, how it affects mood and mental health. It's just, yeah, just talk about it for uh, for another couple of hours, I think. But no, thank. Yeah, no, it's been won wonderful to chat. And just thank you so much. No problem. Well, thank you for having me. Um, we obviously only just scratched the surface and everything's there. So, um, yeah, but it's been super. Thanks for having me. Oh, not not at all.